Hello and welcome to our Secular Overeaters podcast series, where you'll hear from speakers who have found recovery from food and other addictions without God. For additional information, go to secularovereaters.org. And now let's get to today's podcast. The purpose of this group is to discuss the 12 steps, one at each meeting, and to share our personal experiences with the step or anything related to the theme of the step. Many of us are inspired by the 12-step approach, but find that some of the original language and concepts don't align with our personal beliefs. During this meeting, we will read several different interpretations of the steps and discuss, as the varied individuals we are, what makes sense to us and what helps our recovery. As always, please take what you like and leave the rest. This group does allow crosstalk, but please make sure it's supportive. We will start by reading the Freethinker Alternative 12 Steps for Overeaters, which is now showing on your screen. Please take a turn reading a step or two and say pass when you are finished. And I'll call on hands and the order raised. So Jenny, would you love to start for us? Yes. Hi, I'm Jenny, sugar addict and compulsive eater. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe and to accept that we needed strengths beyond our awareness and resources to restore us to sanity. Pass. Kate M. Step three, made a decision to entrust our will and our lives to the care of the collective wisdom and resources of those who have searched before us. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Pass. Kathy S. And Kathy, compulsive overeater and a sugar addict. Step, <clears throat> step five, admitted to ourselves without reservation and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're ready to accept help in letting go of all of our coping mechanisms that no longer serve us. Brigitte? Brigitte Compulsivator, step seven, with humility and openness sought to eliminate mm -hmm. our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Pass. Valerie? Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we're wrong, promptly admit it. Pass. Karen D. Hi, I'm Karen, a compulsive overeater food addict. Step 11, sought through meditation to improve our spiritual awareness and our understanding of the OA way of life and to discover the power to carry out that way of life. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you all. This month, since it's March, we will be discussing step three. We will be reading eight versions of the step, the OA traditional, free thinker, Buddhist, Cleveland atheist, humanist, practical, proactive, and SOS, secular organization for sobriety versions of step three. These sources can be found in the literature and websites listed in the chat and on the handout. As we did with the steps, please take a turn reading a version of the step and say pass when you are finished. Again, as necessary, I'll call on hands and order raised. So let's start with Terry. Hi, I'm Terry, compulsive eater. Step three versions, OA principle, faith, 
traditional OA made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Judy H. Freethinker made a decision to entrust our will and our lives to the care of the collective wisdom and resource of those who have resources of those who have searched before us. Barbara C. Buddhist made a decision to go for refuge to this other power as we understood it. Dawn. I am Dawn, a compulsive reader. Cleveland made a decision to be open to spiritual energy as we take deliberate action for change in our lives. Humanist, we turn to our fellow men and women, particularly those who have struggled with the same problem. Pass. Practical, committed to a lifestyle of recovery, focusing on only on what we could control. Pass. Uh, proactive, moment by moment, I take a mindful pause to deal with my life calmly and effectively. I'll just read the SOS. I make a decision to entrust my will and life to the care of myself, the collective wisdom of those who have struggled with the same problem, and those in support of me. We are now open for discussion about the steps. What does step three mean to you, and how are your impressions of the different versions we just read useful for you in your recovery? We'll start with those who don't mind being recorded. So who would like to begin? Jenny, please. Hi, I'm Jenny, sugar addict and compulsive eater. Good morning, everybody. I was really lucky when I first came into OA. I was at a meeting that was using the Freethinker steps. Uh, we didn't know that was illegal in OA. And um, I really, really love the Freethinker version. Made a decision to entrust our will, our lives, the care of the collective wisdom and resources of those who have searched before us. Um, I feel. Uh, like this opens the door to, you know, looking at other books, um, other podcasts, going to other 12-step traditions or 12-step ways of recovery to find that collective wisdom. And it really was meaningful to me because finally I could put down, I didn't have to go through the God stuff. I didn't even have to worry about translating God anymore. I could just be like, I'm not even talking about God anymore. I'm talking about the collective wisdom and the resources. So I really um, do love that version. I also, that kind the SOS version sort of follows with that very similar. It's more about me than the we part. And, um, as much as I like the proactive steps, I just feel like this is more instruction moment by moment. I take a mindful pause to deal with my life calmly and effectively. I feel like I need more than that for step three. I feel like I need more than a pause. And I need to know that I'm going to be in a group of people who are, you know, going through my same issues. And um, anyway, those are the steps that I'm talking about. Pass. Thank you, Kathy. Hi, Kathy, compulsive eater and, and sugar addict. Um, I, I believe that I am totally responsible for absolutely everything I do. So the SOS version makes the best sense to me that I, I make a decision to entrust my will and life to the care of me. And I search for my best self to do that. Uh, however, I have never been able to do it by myself. So I also like the fact that in this, um, in this step, um, 
it, it also says that I am looking at the collective wisdom of those who have struggled with the same problem and those who are in support of me. And that's uh, everybody in this room and all the shares that resonate with my behaviors. And uh, I know that I cannot do it alone, but I also know it's entirely up to me to make those decisions. And so I come to these meetings to get strength and support and to give strength and support so I can remain abstinent. So, thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Valerie? Thank you, Valerie, compulsive overeater. Um, I like the SOS as a, as a version of this first, the steps in, because for me, the turning over was the power of the program, the nine tools, the meetings, the reaching out, you know, all of that is what's gonna get me through this. But I really also like the practical, committing to the lifestyle of recovery, focusing only on what we can control. And that part of it is kind of, you know, it goes back to sort of the serenity prayer, but it also, maybe I can't do an all or nothing thing here. I have to do what I can control at this time. And as I get stronger, I keep bringing more into it rather than trying to do it all at once and all one thing. So I like that practical. It gives me that little bit of um, growth. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Valerie. Judy H. Hi, uh, Judy H., a sugar addict and habitual and compulsive overeater. I was lucky uh, that I found secular when I had been in the program less than a month. So I was exposed to other ideas very quickly and, and was able to explore them. And I was exposed to the idea of doing my own 12 steps right from the beginning. So I really appreciated this. From the list that we're looking at, my favorites are Cleveland uh, made a decision to be open to spiritual energy as we take deliberate action for change in our lives. And that's because of how I view spiritual energy. It's the energy part that I'm focused on, the, the energy I get from all of you and, and the, the, the sense of, of togetherness, but also um, practical, committed to a lifestyle of recovery, focusing only on what we can control. And ultimately, I put together my own version of it because I just spelled it out a little bit more. I committed to a lifestyle of recovery, focusing on a program of mental and emotional introspection and physical activity. I took it a little bit further there. But for me, that committed to a lifestyle of recovery includes the meetings, includes learning from everybody. When I think of recovery, I think of recovery program, you know, I, I it's just how I think of it. The, re the word recovery for me now includes the program. So therefore I'm learning from everybody else. Yet I needed that responsibility that, um, that I'm going to do these things to get, to get myself better. So I have recovery with the program and everybody else. And then I have this program of, of introspection and activity to help make myself healthier. And that was what ultimately I settled on was kind of a combination of some of these. So with that, thank you. And I will pass. Cherry A. Hi, I'm Cherry. I'm a compulsive overeater. I only realized like two days ago that there are alternative steps. So um, as I look over this last list, the one that makes most sense to me, I think is I made a decision to entrust the SOS, trusting my will and my life to the care of myself. I've always struggled with trying to imagine something outside of myself that I can lean into, but I do 
know I can lean into the two fellows. And, and so that's also included here. I don't identify myself as being a Buddhist, but I definitely do embrace Buddhist philosophy and psychology. And I don't think that this is my pers- personal pers- perspective is that the Buddhist um, version is not how I would have written it, but nobody asked me. So that's okay. <laughs> um, I did actually, before I even realized that there were alternatives, I actually wrote the steps out for myself. And for three, I said, made a decision to willingly accept help from others and objectively examine their recommendations. And I know that part of what's been difficult for me is um, not asking people for help and depending on myself to, to do everything. So any version that is going to hold me accountable for my actions and allow me to lean into the support of others is going to work for me. And I'm glad I passed. Sophie. I'm Sophie Compulsive, a recovering bulimic. And I just wanted to say, you know, about the practical steps, what I actually really like about, um, you know, the book, which is uh, Getting Sober Without God by Noom, is that he actually tells you what to do. You know, this is the steps and this is the activity that goes with it. Because that was always the problem for me. Okay, you know, terrific, turned our life over, whatever, you know, what do I do? Do I just sit there till my life turns over? I mean, he actually was, it's not necessarily the steps that are practical, but he over, offers practical ways of working them, which to me is very valuable. And so, you know, that's all I want to say about that. Thanks. Brigitte? Hi, everyone. I'm Brigitte, food addict. Uh, I'm really glad we're doing step three in particular because uh, when I'm six years in another fellowship and two in a way and all along until my epiphany, as Terry was saying before the meeting, my epiphany a few weeks ago, I really, um, I thought uh, the God thing was part of the package and I didn't have it, but it was all going to be revealed. And guess what? It hasn't been revealed yet. And I've finally became honest with myself, and which is a relief. But uh, that's step three and to a lesser extent, steps uh, six and seven um, have made me kind of sit on my back and wait for that uh, deity to do all the work. And, you know, anything I couldn't cope with. You take that, you know, remove my uh, so-called defects, you know, the whole lot. It, I realized it, it really made me kind of passive and waiting for um, the work to be done for me. And so it, had, it has been a, a big shift, you know, and handing over uh, the one I think, uh, my, my uh, the one I feel the closest to at the moment, because things always change, but it's the SOS one, because mm. I'm, I'm discovering that, that good part, you know, is in me and it has been in me all along. And this is search for someone coming from a a rock bottom self-esteem. I'm not defective. I'm, you know, the good has always been in me, but it has just been below, behind so many layers of addiction and and, um, toxic behaviors. So, yeah, so realizing I have a moral compass. I know the right from the wrong. I, you know, I can do all this stuff myself and I still need, um, and, and it's so good to see all you guys because you're doing it without God. And I need to see that, you know, because it, it was very scary. I really missed the God I didn't believe in initially. Um, 
but yes, in um, you all is great. So I'll, I'll pass. Jill S. Um, hi, Jill, compulsive overeater. And um, a lot of these speak for me, but um, the simplest one, faith. And it's interesting because because of this program, I've redefined that word. I used to associate faith purely with religion. And it wasn't until I really looked up the definition and the definition of faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And the second definition is strongly believe in God or in the doctrines of a religious uh, religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. And that's the one I always knew faith to be. Um, and to me, in combination with step one and two, step one, honesty, I, I couldn't do it myself. Step two, hope. I always have hope, no matter what program I start, I always have hope that it would work. Um, but it wasn't until I got to step three that I um, had been in the program a few weeks at that point, And I said, I really completely trust that after listening to many of the testimonies and, and doing the work that this was going to work for me. So that's what, um, in the simplistic form, that's what works best for me is just that word faith, which is great that I completely don't, I have a complete redefinition of that word for myself now. And then I'll pass. Christy R. I am Christy. I'm a compulsive overeater. I really liked the phrase collective wisdom, both in the free thinker and the SOS. I feel like that's something I'm going to be incorporating in my concept of step three from here on out. I also really like in the Cleveland version, it talking about taking deliberate action for change, because that's been something chronic in my life where I, I make a decision all the time. I'm going to stop eating this. I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to be sane around food, but I don't follow through with the action or I don't do the actions that would lead me towards healing and recovery. Um, so I like, I like the focus on that, that I have to do the actions, do the tools, go to meetings to actually um, bring about change. That'll go ahead and pass. Thank you very much. We will now take turns reading different authors' insights on step three and then share our thoughts about these insights. Again, please raise your hand when you're ready for a turn and say pass when you're done. Lindy. Alan Berger. The step is about commitment. We need to make a commitment to finding a new and more effective way of living. Martha Cleveland. We learn to step back from ourselves, to take time and to apply new knowledge. With the help of the third step, we take full responsibility and begin to guide our own decision, our own destiny Pass. Thank you, Lindy. Kathy S. Stephanie Covington. Of course, simple things aren't always easy. This step says we turn our will over. When we cling to our will, our first fierce determination that things should always go our way, we'll always be in conflict with something. Our willfulness keeps us pushing against not flowing with life. Pass. Jill S. Gabor Mate. The word God could have a religious meaning for many people. For many others, it means laying trust in the universal truths and higher values that reside in the spiritual core of human beings. 
but are feared and resisted by the grasping, anxious, past conditioned ego. Pass. Judy H. Trace Jacob Stewart. We decide to let go of our delusions of control and instead turn toward three specific spiritual practices. These practices are taking refuge in the awakening, in awakening, Buddha, in the path of mindfulness, understanding, and love, Dharma, in community, Sangha. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but pass. And Jenny. Sergey Prangle. Think of any situation as having two components. There's a situation itself, and there's what triggers it in you. If you separate these two strands, you create more space for yourself. Pass. Thank you. Who would like to talk about the, the, these interpretations? Which one maybe speaks to you most and how it helps you? Valerie, please. The, the Buddhist is the one that, that uh, speaks to me the most. The um, taking refuge in awakening to me, that is, you know, like being proud of myself, celebrating um, this commitment, um, the path of mindfulness, understanding and love. What I'm learning here is to be mindful of myself and understanding and love for others and in community, of course. All of the collective knowledge that has come from AA to OA to us, it's it's really a program that works. And it's it's nice to have this step to say, I have faith in this program. I believe in this program. I can't find anything that says this program won't work if you follow it. I mean, I just, I have faith in it. And step two and this, this, uh, Therese Jacob Stewart seems to speak to me the most on that. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Valerie. Christine S. Hi, this is Christine, uh, compulsive human. I find that the Sergei Pringle really speaks to me today because there definitely are the two components in my recovery, what triggers me and what I do when I am triggered. And that does help me a lot because I can then say, why am I doing this? And then I can work separately um, on each part of that, why I'm doing it and how I'm doing it. And that's, uh, that really speaks to me a lot today. Pass. Thank you, Judy H. You know, it's a uh, sorry, Judy H. Uh, still sugar addict, still um, habitual and compulsive overeater. And uh, you know, on one level, every one of these speak to me. But for today, um, what really struck me was Gabor Mate laying trust in the universal truths and higher values that reside at the spiritual core of human beings but are feared and resisted by the grasping, anxious, past-conditioned ego. I include the fact that I am an habitual overeater in my introduction because so much of what I do comes from that past conditioning. Mm -hmm. And I am working my way through that. I just had a discussion earlier about my inner child. Uh, before I came to this meeting and about how she will regularly just scream at me when certain situations happen that, you know, nope, this is, you've got to, you've got to do this. And, and so this really, really um, 
I mean, like I said, I'm going to reread all of these, but that one today just seems to go with exactly where my headset is. So uh, uh, thank you, and I will pass. Thank you, Judy. Jill S. Um, the first one, Alan Berger, speaks to me the most um, and was, you know, right in line with the difference this program was from a diet. As step is about commitment, we need to make a commitment to find a new and more effective way of living. And um, for me, the hardest thing for me to do, but also the reason that I was successful is to be all in in this program. Um, diets for me were always based on moderation. And if you do it most of the time, it's okay. Um, but being all in, in every aspect of the program and using all the tools um, really was um, my avenue towards success in this. So that's the one that speaks to me. Thank you, Jill. Lindy? My name is Lindy and I am a compulsive person as well and impulsive. Uh, and I really liked uh, Alan Berger this step is about commitment. We need to make a commitment to finding a new and more effective way of living. What I liked about this is that it was simple. It was like it transformed all of this. Sometimes what I hear in my head is just so much psychobabble and I'm a therapist. So there's so much psychobabble I'm, I'm giving out. This was simple. It's like this step is about commitment. We need to make a commitment to finding a new and more effective way of living. I, that for me, that spoke to me so, so strongly. And I can make a commitment to step three with that kind of wording. It just takes out all the trigger stuff. I am very triggered by the word deficit um, in my own life and in my work because it, it continues to ring bells in me from early religious training. Sin, going to hell, you're not good enough. Uh, so that is still coupled for me with the word deficit. So I'm really liking uh, that the, the, this step is about commitment. We need to make a commitment. And I'm, I can do a commitment. I'm good at commitments. Um, I like some of the others too, but that one was so simple and rang so true for me. And I just really, I, I can make a commitment to this group and I'm just delighted with myself for being able to do that for almost four months now. Um, so thank you all for being who you are and being willing to share. Thank you all. Thank you, Lindy. Christy R. Hi, I'm Christy, compulsive overeater. Um, I, I really like how Gabor Mate referred to the ego as grasping and anxious because that's exactly how my ego is. It's constantly grasping for power, for control over a situation. And it's anxious because I can't control everything around me. And I, I feel that's really at the core of why I do a lot of compulsive things somehow under the delusion that I can control things that I, that can't be controlled. And I like the concept of having to go outside of that, you know, not just relying on my ego, which I think uh, related to the insight from him from step two, of there's, there's bigger truths out there 
And um, I also really just, there's something really beautiful about the Therese Jacob Stewart version. I'm not sure how to put this in words, but just hearing the concept of awakening, mindfulness, understanding, love, and community, those are all, they feel like beautiful concepts. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's just like social conditioning of some sort, or are they intrinsically good things? And at least, you know, without a God, I can on my own identify that there are certain things I do want to be drawn towards. So, you know, she, she hits the nail and all of those things. Um, I, I do want to have a healthy community. I want to be mindful and understanding and loving and, yeah, I don't know what necessarily makes those things so appealing, but there, there's some, there's a goodness to them. And I like that. So I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. Terry. I'm Terry. And just through this meeting, I'm realizing that identifying as a compulsive overeater is even a social conditioning, trying to fit in and be part of something. And I'm just like, not even sure that that's what I want to say. So I'm Terry. And what really stood out for me, all of these are wonderful. Martha Cleveland, though, she says we take, we learn to step back from ourselves. And that's someone mentioned earlier about creating some space. Stepping back from myself to me means stepping away from those conditioned responses and being able to have enough space to notice, you know, what, what's happening inside of me. And that's not that automatic responding, which is my habit patterns that I do really, really well. And then it says, with the help of the third step, we take full responsibility and to guide our own destiny. This is so completely opposite of how I've been conditioned to think about the third step where I'm supposed to give my will over to some abstract idea. It, may, it makes no sense to me. But taking full responsibility for my life, that makes so much sense. It's just my brain is a little bit in that mind-blown space today. So I'll pass with that. Thank you, Terry. Hi, I'm Dawn. I'm a compulsive overeater. I I really like Allen Burgers. I've tried I tried the traditional and got to the end of working the steps. Worked most of them quite successfully, but that fraud feeling <laughs> was overwhelming. And very soon after that, I found secular, and I'm so thankful. Um, I like that. I, I didn't know what to do because I knew I couldn't do it alone. I tried it a billion times with limited success and always followed by failure. This, this, is the, this is the third step, that commitment sums it up easily. But then on to that uh, it's not easy. I really like Therese Jacob Stewart's too, the Buddhist stuff. Um, the three principles, taking refuge in the awakening of the Buddha. Um, to me, that is that is the wisdom, and and with that, it's the the wisdom that I'm learning in these rooms, and with all this alternative information that isn't condoned in the traditional program, which is opening up a whole new um, understanding and level of awareness around addiction and habitual behaviors, and um, substance and process addiction and really making a difference to to my awareness and then the uh the mindfulness that space creating that space to 
to understand my habitual patterns and and um, understand how to intervene and make some different choices when I have that space. And then the I think the um, the big one, the absolute huge one, is the community. I haven't joined joined a Buddhist. Uh, whatever they call them, <laughs> the uh, Buddhist organizations, because I'm not that Buddhist. But to me, I mean, as human beings, it speaks to our survival to have community and um, how, how lovely to have a community of like-minded people who are working on a similar path to living their best lives. Um, here in these rooms. So um, this is the community I've been craving for a long, long time. Thank you. Thank you, Dawn. I'm Barbara C. and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, The two that spoke to me this morning, the two insights were the Martha Cleveland and the Prangle. Um, The whole idea of when I'm triggered, I mean, having to know and identify what my triggers are is extremely important in my recovery. But when I'm feeling triggered, being able to step back and, you know, kind of view myself and take a pause and try to figure out why am I being triggered? You know, what's going on inside of me? And those two combined have really been, you know, um, instrumental in helping me identify, uh, get curious, so much about taking the pause, taking a deep breath, you know, realizing that the trigger, if I don't give into it, that the feeling will pass. And that has helped me in situations where I thought I was definitely going to go toward the food. I've been able to stop myself, get curious, realize what the trigger was, and um, not react to it. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you all for coming and for participating in this group today. Together we get better. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit secularovereaters.org and consider making a donation. 